Welcome back to the Colts Convert Podcast. This is your host, Derek. And today, guess what? We are going to talk about some football. We're going to get back to talking about football. I'm going to continue my fantasy football preview with my rankings 21 to 25 today. Again, I appreciate to all the listeners out there your patience. I decided the last couple weeks to limit my recordings as we continue to go through the coronavirus pandemic and a lot of the news and outrage that has gone on the last couple weeks because of the protests of killings such as George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery. Really, the, the list can go on and on, but the last couple of weeks have seen just a rise in protests and outrage across the country and the world as we continue to try to have deeper dialogues and conversations and discussions about these issues. I just wanted everything to to kind of breathe and be able to give space for those types of conversations and that news to come out. I'm hoping that these discussions and these conversations are far from over. I think this is something that we will need to continue to conversate about and discuss in order to improve these types of situations. It is definitely far from over in the NFL. A lot of players have already announced that they plan on protesting during the season. But if, if you did not get a chance to listen to the last couple episodes that I recorded, I went into a lot greater detail about some of my thoughts and kind of covering the last couple weeks But today, I wanted to get back to talking about football. And we're getting closer and closer to what is usually football season. We're getting to July, starting to think about training camp, August, starting to think about the preseason, Hall of Fame ceremony and the Hall of Fame game getting closer and closer to the regular season in September. So that's usually how the schedule works. But of course, with the coronavirus pandemic affecting really every part of society, but in the smaller sense, just the sports and entertainment world, it is definitely affecting the schedules and how these Sports leagues are planning to start. The NFL hasn't really come out with a lot of information on how they plan to go about this season. They are going to postpone all team activities until training camp. So I think they're going to start training camp around the same time. But that will be kind of the first time that the teams are officially together. And I think that's going to take place sometime in July. So really, the NFL hasn't come out with a lot of information 
it's up in the air if they will start the season on time. But because of that lack of information and the NFL not really saying anything yet, I guess we just have to suppose that they are planning on starting on time. They went ahead and, and did the draft on time. So everything up to this point will make you believe that they are planning on also starting the regular season on time, most likely without fans. At least that's how I see the situation. It's hard for me to believe that they would have fans allowed at these games, at least in the beginning part of the season. So I doubt that they will have fans present at these games, but until otherwise noted, it looks like the, the season is going to continue as planned, but obviously that can change at any moment. I will definitely be talking about that if it does and updating you about that situation as we get closer and closer to September. But I wanted to continue my 2020 fantasy football preview. We're also getting closer and closer to our fantasy football drafts, which usually take place the prime weeks of the draft for most fantasy football fans are going to take place in the middle of August, the end of August. So we are getting closer and closer to August, about two months away, probably from most people's fantasy drafts. So, hey, let's continue to dive into these rankings. I'm going to do a quick recap of my rankings 1 through 20 that I've already gone over. If you haven't listened to those, definitely recommend checking those out. I dive deeper into these players and kind of how, how I think that they are going to do for the 2020 season. But just a quick recap, I had number one, Christian McCaffrey, number two, Saquon Barkley, three, Ezekiel Elliott, four, Dalvin Cook, five, Michael Thomas, six, DeAndre Hopkins, seven, Alvin Kamara, eight, Devontae Adams, nine, Tyreek Hill, 10, Derrick Henry, and then 11, Julio Jones, 12, Austin Eckler, 13, Chris Godwin, 14, Leonard Fournette, 15, Travis Kelsey, 16, Joe Mixon, 17, Nick Chubb, 18, Josh Jacobs, 19, Kenyon Drake, and Mike Evans rounded out the top 20. Uh, he was number 20 on that list. So moving 21 to 25 today, starting at number 21, I'm going with Aaron Jones running back for the Green Bay Packers. And one of my favorite players in the league, I've had him a lot on my fantasy teams. I think the last three seasons or so, I've had him on at least one of my teams. And one of my favorite players and also one of the most frustrating players in the NFL because of his lack of usage by the Packers. In my opinion, he stacks up talent-wise with the likes of Christian McCaffrey, with Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, those top-tier running backs that I mentioned in the top five players, he's just as talented as those players, in my opinion. 
So that's why it's just so mind-boggling the last three years that the Packers just have not just let him go. Just taken off the governor and just let him just take you wherever wherever he wants to go. And most likely it's going to be somewhere close or in the end zone because he can do it all. He can catch the ball. He's explosive. And the amount of production that he's been able to have with really the lack of attempts and carries and touches, it really is amazing. And I think if he had the type of workload that Ezekiel Elliott or a, I mean, really just, if he had just 75% of Christian McCaffrey's workload, that that's kind of the elite end of, of workload when you're talking about Christian McCaffrey. But if he had anywhere close to the type of workload that some of those elite backs have, he would be right up there with them as far as his numbers. Last year, he probably did have the most workload that he's had in his career. He was 15th in rushing attempts in the league, was 12th in rushing yards, 1,084, had 49 catches, and of course, the stat that allowed him to just absolutely skyrocket his production and allow him to be in the conversation of one of the best backs in the league, especially fantasy-wise, it was his touchdowns. 16 touchdowns tied for first in the NFL last season. And you just saw that ability where before he was seeing kind of the receiving back, explosive, one-cut type back who could break out 50-plus yard gains but with those 16 touchdowns you also saw his how dangerous he is in the goal line as well he can he can put the ball in the end zone if you need him to so that's why it's just kind of ridiculous to me that he hasn't been used more in that offense of course you have Aaron Rodgers you have Devontae Adams you have some great talent in that offense but I think he is the ideal workhorse back that you could use in all facets of the game. And he could be a the best running back in the league if you would just use him like that. So that's why he's just very frustrating. I know I'm, I'm kind of uh, venting for all Aaron Jones fans and people who have had him on their fantasy teams the last few seasons because it is very frustrating when you see someone so talented not being utilized to the best of their ability. So that being said, heading into 2020, having all of that information and just how the Packers have used in the last few years, I have him rated a lot lower than probably he should be and some people have him in other rankings because I'm just not sold that they're going to buy into him being the the go-to back, especially Jamal Williams, who is a, a talented 
running back in his own right. He deserves a, cer a certain share of the carries. And they also drafted A.J. Dillon, who is one of the most talented running backs in college football over the last few years. So you have to figure that he's going to be involved in some capacity as well, especially in the goal line. He's a bigger back. So all of the parts of this equation are adding up to make me believe that Aaron Jones is probably not going to get more touches than he did last year. And because of just how we see a lot of these situations with touchdowns and going from year to year, it's, it's not something touchdowns tend to fluctuate year to year, especially if you have a elite season if you're kind of on that outlier that Aaron Jones was having 16 touchdowns last year, in all likelihood, those touchdowns are going to come down probably closer to the 10 touchdown range. So that's why I do have him at 21, because I think he'll still, just because of his talent, he'll still provide you solid production, especially if you're looking for a running back in kind of that second, third round range, he's still going to give you some really solid production. And he always has that potential, that ceiling, to be the best running back any given week. But just everything that's kind of happening with the Packers, them still having Jamal Williams, drafting A.J. Dillon, I think those touchdowns are going to decrease quite a bit for Jones this year compared to last year. I think he'll still be involved in the passing game, but it's not really the things that I want to see when it comes to him potentially taking another jump forward as far as his rushing and his overall production in that offense. So I'm very fascinated to see what happens with Aaron Jones. He's still 25 years old, so I think if you can get him, if he drop, I don't know if he's going to drop into the 20s, but if you can get him in the 20s, I would be very tempted to take him in that range again just because I know how talented of a back he is. He has elite talent, and if that workload matches, he could be RB1. It's really not out of the, the realm of possibilities for him to be the best running back in the NFL. So that might be the steal of the draft if you can get him in the, the second, third round range. So moving on, 22. I'm going Miles Sanders. This is my breakout player of this year of course was a rookie last year had high expectations coming in as a rookie that great Penn State running back pedigree and split time with Jordan Howard last year so he really didn't get a chance to truly break out 
but Jordan Howard is now in Miami, and this looks like it's going to be Miles Sanders' backfield. And mentioned Aaron Jones just recently. Sanders kind of reminds me of Aaron Jones, his ability to do it all. Definitely, he was lauded more as a receiving back, and that was kind of his role last season in the Eagles offense, have 50 catches, 500-plus yards, three receiving touchdowns. So we definitely saw what he could do, and he had some big receiving games as well from that running back position. But even though he split carries with Howard last year, he had a sneaky good year as a rookie, was 22nd in the league in attempts, 179 rushing attempts, 818 yards, three touchdowns. So still a very solid year for a rookie that was splitting carries with another talented back. So now that he's going to presumably take over the number one running back duties, I think he is going to skyrocket in his production and he is going to be a top 10 running back this year and potential to be a top five running back with his overall skill set. And I think the receiving numbers will continue to be there. The rushing yards are going to go up with those rushing attempts. And I think they'll give him a shot, at least in the beginning, to prove that he can be a goal line back. He, you know, just because of that, again, he kind of has those qualities of kind of that scat back, but he's not really a small guy. He's 5'11", around 215, I believe he's listed at. So you would hope that during the offseason between that rookie year and second year that he was able to get a little bigger, a little stronger, and put on that weight to where he'll be able to take on three down duties and also be able to take on the the role as the primary goal line back. And if he can prove that, that ceiling just goes up even more. The floor goes up. And you're talking about a just a rare skill set. We've talked about it before with these elite running backs that can have the high amount of rushing yardage, can be involved in the receiving game, can score touchdowns. So you add all all three of those together, that's the recipe to be a top five running back in the league and during a fantasy football season. So I am very, very high on Miles Sanders. I think he is going to be the breakout star of the 2020, not only fantasy season, but the, the football season as well. And he is going to provide a nice jolt to that Philadelphia Eagles offense that's hoping to bounce back. Carson Wentz coming back. Deshaun Jackson hopefully is going to be healthy. They added uh, Jalen Rager in the draft. So this Philadelphia Eagle, Eagles offense is hoping to be a lot more productive than they were last season. So definitely keep an eye out for Miles Sanders to take not only a step up, but multiple steps up as he 
hopes to be that primary back and primary weapon for the Eagles. So now, number 23, we talk about a weapon and a guy who can beat you from multiple positions in multiple ways. DJ Moore, receiver for the Carolina Panthers. And just kind of that, you know, in the NBA, you're seeing kind of this positionless type of basketball. And it's kind of transitioning over to the NFL with certain offenses that, you know, you think of a, a tight end that you could fit not only in the slot, not only with the hand on the ground, but you can fit a tight end outside as playing receiver. Kind of think of a Travis Kelsey. And some of these running backs now where Christian McCaffrey, his ability to affect the game, receiving, rushing, be able to fit him at the slot. Some of these receivers who are able to beat you in multiple ways. Talked about Tyreek Hill earlier, not only lining up outside or in the slot, but putting him in the backfield, giving him fly sweeps. DJ Moore is that type of player where it's kind of that positionless. You can label him as a receiver, and that's what he officially is, but you can put him in the backfield. I believe he's had experience before playing running back when he was growing up, and he kind of has that body, that running back type body, and the run after the catch ability and ability to move in open space like a running back. So not only is he a talented receiver that can beat you from the slot or the outside, you could also give him a variety of ways to make plays in the running game. Fly sweep or just giving him the direct snap out of the backfield. And he has shown that his first two seasons. And now that you have a new offense coming in with Matt Rule and the mad scientist mastermind Joe Brady who's coming in saw what he did with LSU's offense last year he now comes into the fold with the Carolina Panthers and it must have been a big reason why he was able why the Panthers were able to take him away from LSU because he probably just looked at the offense and saw those types of players like a Christian McCaffrey and a DJ Moore, and he probably just was just salivating looking at the depth chart because he can find all types of ways to get these players involved in this offense. And that, that's one of the top, probably top three things that I'm looking forward to for, for this NFL season is seeing what this Carolina Panthers offense looks like with Joe Brady now being the offensive coordinator, how he gets DJ Moore involved. Because even without even without that that offense last year, Moore had 87 receptions, 1175 yards receiving and four touchdowns. He found a nice connection with Kyle Allen, who was the quarterback for the majority of the season last year. Of course, they signed Teddy Bridgewater during the offseason. Big signing for the Panthers. 
So you expect that offense to take a jump now with Teddy Bridgewater, who is, you know, no offense to Kyle Allen. He, I thought he did a great job stepping in for an injured Cam Newton last year. But Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback than Kyle Allen. He's more efficient than Kyle Allen. So, and I, I think he's very capable of being able to get the ball to those, those weapons and just letting them do their thing. So I expect the offense to take some leaps and bounds into being one of the more exciting offenses in the league. And I think DJ Moore is going to be a main part of that. And he's not going to be the focal point for defenses. They're, they're going to need to stop Christian McCaffrey if they're going to have any chance of stopping the Carolina Panthers offense. So that just will open up things even more for DJ Moore this season. So he had a great season last year with those numbers. And I think he could do that again and even top the season that he had last year, maybe even add some more rushing yards to those stats and maybe a potential for a couple rushing touchdowns. But I I think he will be just as involved, if not more involved in this offense. And he's just an exciting player that has a really nice ceiling potential. And because I think they're going to be throwing the ball all over the yard with this offense, I think he also brings you that nice floor as well. And so I could argue that he could be your number one offense for a fantasy team, but he's a solid wide receiver too in your, on your team. And those are the types of wide receiver twos that I want, a guy who, who any given week could be your number one receiver. So DJ Moore, another guy I'm very excited to, to watch this season. And I think he has potential to kind of make that next jump into a top five type receiver for this season. And then 24. Got to give George Kittle some love here. He will be my number two tight end on this list. Of course, the very talented tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. And... It's, I know there's just some still people who are not going to put tight ends this high on their lists. And that's fine, but I think with Kittle and Kelsey especially, you have to give these guys from some love with their production at the tight end position. I mentioned just before, just talking about kind of that positionless game that a lot of these tight ends, these talented athletic tight ends are playing where they could block, they could catch, they can be split outside in the slot, they could do it all. They can make plays after the catch. And Kittle is the epitome of that type of new age tight end that is pretty much a receiver. And I think he's great value. If you can get him in the third round, I don't know if he's even going to be there in the third round, but third round, definitely fourth round. But I, I would 
take a chance on Kittle if he falls to me in the third round because he is going to give you that type of production that you're just looking for, that consistent production at the tight end position, that a position that it is getting better. There are a lot of young tight ends coming up that I think will uh, add to the depth of that tight end position for fantasy football. But there's not many players that are going to give you that consistent week in and week out production, above average production at the tight end position like George Kittle is going to give you. And he's proven that over the last couple of seasons. And last year, again, solid season, 85 catches, 1,053 yards receiving and five touchdowns. He's had five touchdowns the last two seasons. And he did struggle with some injuries last year, missed two games. But he was one of the primary targets, if not the primary target for Jimmy G last season. And I expect him to be in that same role, if not even have more of a role as that primary go-to target. Because I, I think they're going to continue to stick to the, the run game as their primary mode of transportation for that offense. And their, their style, I think, is going to continue to be that run-first style. But I think they're going to open it up a little bit more for Jimmy G. Last season, he settled in nicely and just kind of that quarterback that was able to get the ball where he needs to, run the offense very efficiently. But I think they'll open it up a little bit more with Jimmy G in the passing game this season. And... They had Emmanuel Sanders for about half of last season. They lost him to free agency to the New Orleans Saints. So they're looking for some players to step up in that receiving core. It's a very young receiving group, and you expect Debo Samuel to take that number one receiver spot. He proved that he is very capable of being a legitimate playmaker in the NFL. But there might be some growing pains for Debo to kind of make that transition from being a number two, number three receiver to now a guy who's going to be looked at as a number one guy. And then also you, you might have a similar situation with the first round pick of the 49ers, Brandon Ayuk, who they drafted out of Arizona State. Another very talented young receiver who I think is going to add a lot of explosiveness and potential to that 49ers passing game. But I would also expect some growing pains from Ayuk as he transitions to becoming an NFL wide receiver. So you still have some very young receivers in that group. You, you know, you wonder if Dante Pettis is going to kind of regain that potential that he showed a couple seasons ago. So I think until some of those younger guys get some more, get some more time, get some more repetitions, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to look toward, towards his tried and true tight ends, Jim, uh, George Kittle, to be that go-to guy. 
third downs, really go-to situations. When he needs his receivers to make a play, I think he's going to just feed the ball to Kittle over and over and over again. So I think he's going to be somewhere in the middle of what he did last season and what he did in 2018. And if you remember going back all the way a couple of seasons ago to 2018, remember George Kittle broke the all-time single-season tight end record for receiving yards in a season with 1,377 receiving yards. That was in 2018 when he really jumped onto the map. And so heading into last season, I'm sure people were like, oh, was that just kind of an outlier? Is he a, a kind of a one-hit wonder type guy? But he still, he didn't have 1,300 yards receiving, but he still had over 1,000 yards receiving, almost as many catches three less catches last year than he did in that record-breaking season, just as many touchdowns, and he had two less games and less than almost 30 less targets last season and still put up very, very similar numbers. So he's starting to give you these these back-to-back -back seasons and kind of showing you that he is legit. Still, I believe, 25 years old, getting into his prime. So I think Kittle will continue to get better this season. And I think the targets will go up. I don't think it'll be quite the 136 that he got last uh, in 2018. But I think it'll be closer to the 115, 120 range. I think he's going to get the ball fed to him quite a bit and I'm hoping at some point that he starts to get some red zone opportunities some more red zone opportunities as well that's the big separator between him and Kelsey and you just talk about the the red zone monster that Travis Kelsey has been in his career that really is the the separator for uh, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey um, why I have Kelsey ranked a lot higher than Kittle. And I'm hoping that at some point, Kittle can break out and be that red zone target that I think he has the talent to be. I mean, he has the size, he has the skill set, he has the physicality, he has the athleticism. It wouldn't be surprising to me one of these seasons that we see him have closer to a double-digit season, closer to the 10 touchdowns than the five touchdowns that he's had the last couple seasons. So I think he can definitely split the difference between five and 10 this season and be around seven or eight touchdowns. So from all of that, you could tell I'm high on George Kittle for this season, having an even better season than he did last year and solidifying himself in that upper tier of tight ends. So keep an eye out for George Kittle in your drafts. If he slides into the third round, I am going to be very tempted to take George Kittle in that range. Probably won't be there because probably someone's going to take him 
in the second round. But I, I think he's a steal in that third, fourth round range. And then rounding out the top 25 on my list here, I'm going to go with Allen Robinson II, receiver for the Chicago Bears. And this is another really talented, really fascinating young receiver who broke out last season, had 98 catches, 1,147 yards, seven touchdowns, and a very underwhelming and below average Chicago Bears offense. He was the bright spot, maybe even the lone bright spot in that Chicago Bears offense last season and was able to still have a phenomenal season with a very underwhelming offense. And you're still looking for that breakout season from Mitchell Trubisky. Was a the number two overall pick at one point, which I'm, I'm sure Bears fans are still furious about, especially when you start to see the production of some of these other quarterbacks that were in that draft. But you're still trying to see that development from Mitchell Trubisky, and you hope at some point it clicks for him. But even with the season that Trubisky had last season, I mean, it wasn't horrible. A little over 3,000 yards. Uh, it wasn't really a horrible season. It was just not quite the season that you're expecting for someone who does have that talent and who was drafted so high. So even with that below average offense, Robinson was able to prove that he was able to be a very productive receiver no matter who's under center. It kind of reminds me of when DeAndre Hopkins had some of the list of quarterbacks that he had before Deshaun Watson was drafted by the Texans, how he just proved that he was able to still be productive no matter who was under center. Robinson was kind of proving that last season, which is a very valuable trait to have. Because although there are the, those question marks about who the quarterback is going to be, whether it's going to be Mitch Trubisky or whether it's going to be Nick Foles coming in, who who was added to the Bears quarterback room this offseason, Robinson, at least last year, proved that he doesn't care who's behind center. He's going to make plays. So that's that type of attitude and that type of production that you want to see from an elite receiver, from someone that you're going to draft in the top 25 or the top 30. And I know he hasn't had the, you know, so very young receiver hasn't had the seasons to stack up on top of a season like he had last year, but I really love his potential and just that, especially in a points per reception league, it's always nice to have those receivers that are going to have high volumes. And he was targeted a lot last season. He was targeted a lot. And that's the type of receiver that you want in these PPR leagues. They provide that nice floor for you week in and week out. You know the volume's going to be there, which just raises the potential that they're going to have a big week. So you add that that high volume with his athleticism, his ability to make plays, seven touchdowns, 
last season, I really like Allen Robinson to build on that season he had last year. I don't know if the catches will, will be there still, uh, but I, I still think he can definitely be 85 to 90 catches over a thousand yards and still be in that that you know, same seven touchdown range. And again, when, when you're getting into this range, you're starting to think about either having a number two receiver. So a, that's a very solid number two receiver, in my opinion, to have an Allen Robinson as your number two. But even if you decided to go running back the first two rounds or running back tight end, or maybe even uh, getting a quarterback with with your first two bit, uh, picks. Even if you draft a receiver like Allen Robinson with as your first receiver, I still would be very confident to have have him as my receiver one, just knowing that volume that he is going to bring to the table. So definitely keep an eye out for Allen Robinson. I think he provides some good value in that range. And I, I definitely am excited to see how he ends up, um, how he ends up playing this year following that phenomenal 2019 season where he had almost 100 catches. So that's 21 through 25. Hope you enjoy these lists. I uh, am very excited just to continue to break down these players as we get closer and closer to our drafts here and just try to find players who I, I think are going to have breakout seasons. And I know this is a Colts podcast and... I definitely want to want to do my best to continue to update all the Colts fans about the the team, the season coming up. But there just really hasn't been a lot of Indianapolis Colts news. There was news the other day that they have officially signed all of their draft picks, so that's good news at least. But they signed Julian Blackman. I believe he was the last draft pick that they had not signed. So all of the draft picks are signed, which is always good news. But really, other than that, there hasn't been too much news on the Indianapolis Colts front, but I will continue to do my best to update update you if anything comes out with the Colts. And as we get closer and closer to the season, of course, I'm going to start breaking down our Indianapolis Colts preview, start going position by position, and just kind of ramping up as we get closer and closer to the start of the season. So again, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week and weekend coming up. And until next time, this is Derek for the Colts Convert Podcast. Take care.